Hello. The show you are about to hear is rude, crude, and vile. Not a moment goes by when the host isn't spewing his disgusting vitriol. Children and adults with a weak constitution are advised to... Wait a minute. Is this the Ron Pertee show? Well, that guy is nothing but a pussy. Welcome to episode 137. We're back from our extended hiatus. Had some family issues to deal with. Um, but now we're back. Right off the bat, I want to thank... Um, I want to thank Jason Stevens for that stirring intro. Uh, you can go hire him to do voiceovers for whatever you need over at uh, jasonsvoices.com. And the new theme music uh, is called Metadata uh, from the band Clean Lines. You can get their new album, uh, Matt Blummer, actually. His uh, his new album's on iTunes and every place else. You can stream things. Uh, the album is called The Sound of Shapes. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, yeah, a lot of stuff's been going on. And uh, Kyle Anderson from Nerdist.com and Awesomely Bad Movies is here. Uh, we talk about all sorts of things. Um, the return of Awesomely Bad Movies and how it's on Nerdist now and Mad Max and uh, just all sorts of things. It's a great conversation. One of those conversations that you kind of get lost in and um, you forget that you're doing. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, I'd like to ask everyone to please, please, please head over to iTunes, uh, rate and review positively the show. It helps boost the ratings on iTunes so more people can find out about the show and uh, listen to it. The show is free, so please um, head over there and do that uh, to help spread the word. Uh, if you would, uh, it would be much appreciated. Um, I hope everyone's having a having a fun time. Oh, I know, I'm. It's a blast. We also have some music um, from the band Body Futures. Uh, we'll be getting to that later in the show. Uh, we're gonna take a break real quick, and we'll be back uh, with Kyle Anderson from Nerdist.com. This episode of the Ron Perti Show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Ron Show. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So head over to audibletrial.com forward slash Ron Show today. This is Paul Solid, and you're listening to the Ron Perti Show. And our first guest back from our extended hiatus is an old friend of the show. And then when I say old, I don't mean old because he's an old man, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Kyle Anderson from Nerdist.com. Kyle, thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely, Ron. Thank you for having me back. I'm, now, I'm honored to be your first guest back. It's been a long... I think the last time when the show came out was March. That's a while, yeah. And you know the world of the internet. If you aren't, you know, they only care. They don't care about what you've done. It's what you've done, what you're doing. Right. So, but, uh, What's now, your next thing? Okay, so Awesomely Bad Movies is back as well. It is. Yeah, that's another thing that had a, an extended hiatus. But here's the question I have, is at the end of the episode, it didn't say anything about Modern Primate, the little Nerdist logo popped up. Does that mean that the show is no longer on Modern Primate and it's on Nerdist, or...? Uh, that is correct. It is. Um, we made these four episodes that are going to air, um, the one that aired last week, the one that aired today, uh, as we're recording this, and then the next two um, were made under 
uh, Modern Primate. That was the initial intent, but that sort of fizzled out, and uh, um, uh, Nerdist, it appears, uh, is going to... Uh, well, they are distributing the ones that we've already made, and, uh, and, and you know, we'll see what happens in the future. But for right now, we're just happy that these four are going to be seen um, by people. Because why make funny things if nobody gets to see them? Exactly. So now you're going to need everybody, as many people as possible, to watch this to Correct. show Nerdist or Lionsgate <laughs> that you. Um, it's still Lionsgate, right? No, it's Legendary. Legendary. Okay, either way, it begins with an L, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they put out movies. Uh, also true. That you have a viable product here that people need to see. Yeah, so those come out every Friday, and they're they are Nerdist exclusives, which means that they are on Nerdist.com exclusively, as the word might entail. Um, and they are not on YouTube anymore; they're on just on Nerdist. So now I must have missed the first episode back because I just watched Lockout. Right. Is so there... the first one, which came out last week, was uh, House at the End of the Street. Yeah. Hey dots is the uh, acronym. House oh, the Jennifer Lawrence with Jennifer Lawrence, correct? So um, look for that one. If you go to the the page, the uh, the lockout page, uh, if you scroll down a little bit, the next video in the list is is that one. So if you missed it, you can check it out. There you go, and watch it repeatedly. Now, see, lockout. I actually know quite a few people who enjoyed that film. I enjoyed that film. These are these are not. I mean, like the character of me on the show has to be angry a lot of the time. Uh. But um, uh, I, I like watching kind of silly movies. I, they, I mean, but, you know, it is it is pretty rife for for the picking as far as joking goes because it's just a ridiculous idea. Oh, totally. Now, you uh, uh, <laughs> you mentioned Snake Plissken, and it does, this does have a huge Escape from New York type feel. For sure, yeah. Um, and you, uh, uh, I'm going to lead right into it. What are your thoughts on this rumor that The Rock is going to become Jack Burton? Um, I know you I wrote s- something. I did. And I, I posted I, on Facebook. More people need to read this because it's very insightful, but I want people to hear it who aren't inclined to read. Um, I, they've been trying for the last you know decade or so to remake John Carpenter movies, and I just at, you know they've done four so far, and I feel like there are about ten. I think I say in the article t- about ten John Carpenter movies that are bona fide classics that can be that that are viable names probably that people still like and still recognize that could be remade into something, and they've already remade four, and they've been trying for a long time to do Escape from New York, but that keeps fizzling, which I think is actually a good thing. Oh yeah. Um, but this this uh, Big Trouble in Little China thing came out of nowhere, and the fact that The Rock is going to be in it, uh, I, I just I just feel like people um, remake John Carpenter at their own risk. It it seems you you can't remake his style. You can't remake his sensibility. Um, and people who try to do that have not succeeded thus far. Or, or they've just remade the story and it loses everything because so much of it is the filter of John Carpenter's personality, which is kind of, you know, he's a he's a grumpy <laughs> kind of uh, nihilistic dude. He really is. And, I, had a, uh, I had a friend who uh, met him at a, a horror convention in Chicago a number of years back, and he was pissed that he had to sign autographs and he would go out and take a 45-minute smoke break. Yeah, you know, it's just wow, Grandpa, calm down. <laughs> I know. I, I went and saw a screening of the thing a couple of years ago uh, here in L.A., and um, he spoke before it, which was awesome. I mean, obviously, who doesn't want to hear John Carpenter? But like, right. 
Um, <laughs> he's like, uh, they usually do the, the talks after you see the movie so that you can talk about the movie you just watched. But um, he wanted to do it before so that he could go home and watch the basketball playoffs because that's what he cared about more than anything. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. And he had this funny thing that he says, and he said in multiple interviews, but he's like, when people ask him about the remakes of his movies, he's like, my favorite kind of remakes of my movies are the ones where I hold out my hand and they put a check in it. I so can't like, argue with him about that. You no. know, that. If somebody wants to put up the money, that's fine by me. But the thing is, is, um, and I think they kind of touch on it in the commentary for Big Trouble in Little China with John Carpenter and Kurt Russell, is that Jack Burton is an anti-action hero. Because right. every time he goes to get involved in something, he gets knocked out. Yep. And he misses all the action. But by casting The Rock, you're expecting an, you're, you're casting a, a legitimate action hero who's going to have to... Because no one's going to want to see a movie where The Rock doesn't do anything. That's right. And I, I feel like if they do that... I mean, the right call is to try to do Jack Burton the way that, that they did it, which is that he's the sidekick and doesn't realize it. Right. Um, and if they're going to go do that, that's great. But I feel like a lot of people are going to be upset about that because The Rock is who he is. And the fact that, I mean, did you see uh, Furious 7? I have not. Okay. I've the never Rock actually seen a Furious movie. Oh, wow. Well, um, I, I binge watched um, most of them right before Furious 7. And he is the best thing about 5 and the best thing about 6. And he's not in seven very much, but then when he's there, he's doing stuff like he <laughs> I mean, it's I guess this is, might be giving something away. But early in the movie, he gets hurt. And so he's laid up for most of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, I need to help. And he's got a cast on his arm and he breaks the cast off of his arm by flexing. So this is the kind of movie you're dealing with. Um, <laughs> so everyone's going to be expecting the rock to do that, to, to be that guy, uh, which is fine. But if if they're going to do it the correct way, then he's not going to be that guy. And they either have to really hammer home the joke, quote unquote, that, hey, it's the rock, but he's not doing anything. Or people are going to be upset. They're going to be like, what the hell? The rock didn't do anything. I, I came to see a rock movie. That's the thing, though, is if you try to hammer home that joke too hard. Right. It's going to either go over people's head because they're going to think it's just part of the movie. You know what I mean? Right. Or, yeah. or people are going to get pissed that it's getting shoved down their throat. I yeah. mean, I, I would love to see The Rock shoot a Tech 9 into, into the air and have the, the ceiling come down on his head and knock him out. That would yeah. be hilarious. And I think that I think he's in on the joke, and that's what he wants to do. Yeah. But in, in the end of the day, it's not up to him. It's up to whoever's financing the picture. And I have a feeling that they just want big explosions and, and uh, all this other kind of horse shit. You know, and you're not yeah. gonna get. Uh, you know, uh, I, 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 I will say this though. I would love to hear The Rock give the speech at the end of the movie, mm -hmm. the monologue. That yeah. would be great, I think. But I don't think that you know, because because everything has gotten so goddamn politically correct. Yeah. You know, and plus, uh, you're not gonna get Kim Cattrall when she was still hot. You know, or and uh, somebody like uh, James Hong. To play, you know, low pan. I mean, that's mm -hmm. or, or Egg Shen. I mean, come on, they're not going to name somebody that in a movie now. No, or you know? Wang for the fact. Exactly. You know. <laughs> the main character is actually named Wang. Exactly. Exactly. And that's just, and, and you're not going to get thunder and rain and lightning, you know, because they're well, it's like Mortal Kombat. We don't want to do that. We don't want to copy Mortal Kombat because that wasn't a successful movie. Well, the first one was. The first one was, but you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be casting. Uh, old Highlander pants 
in there. That's what they call him, Old Highlander Pants. Old Highlander Pants, and that's just because I forgot his fucking name. Christopher um, Lambert. That's the one, Old Highlander Pants. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually the name of this episode now, Old Highlander Pants. But anyway, (laughs) so now, uh, now, what was I going to say? You, since we last spoke... Uh, you're now the uh, weekend editor over at Nerdist, so congratulations. That's right, thanks, yeah. Um, it's been a while because, yeah, I've been doing that for a little over a year. Um, uh, How'd but they yes, come about? They just need somebody to, to edit on the weekends. <laughs> did you just did you put your hat into the ring, or did they say, hey, we, we want somebody who uh, uh, who's, who's knowledgeable? Well, I, I, would, I would hope. That uh, me being knowledgeable and uh, uh, and my work ethic was was part of the reason that I got it. I I, I know part of it was that uh, some people did not, you know, people who work during the week full time did not necessarily want to have to work on the weekend as well, um, which is completely understandable. So I was I was available and was was more than happy to do it. So that's I think it was a, it was a conflagration of of many factors, but um, but yeah, it's 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 my thing on the weekend. So. Um, uh, and I'm I'm there all the time. So tweet at me because <laughs> I'll be at work all go. weekend. Now, here's a question for you. And if it's not something you want to discuss, I understand. I'm not asking for specifics. But working for Nerdist, is that something that pays the bills? Yes. Okay. See? I'm not going to ask you your net worth. Please do not because I don't even know my net worth. <laughs> my net worth is in the negative. Yeah. That's why I do a podcast. But, yeah. Um, so now, uh, what kind of things does the editor over at Nerdist, the weekend editor, have to deal with? What are so, like on the? Give me an, an average day to day, like a Saturday. Um, well, I mean, you have to, you know, hopefully you have a stockpile of stuff ready to go, so you can put stuff up during the weekend. Um, that's what you. That's what you'd like to have happen. There have been some weekends where there is nothing to put up, uh, which is an issue because things need to go up. Um, but then I, you know, I have to just make sure that the the website's running right. I also have to like pay attention to the news and send out assignments if there's like a news article that needs to be written up. Um, and if nobody can write it up, then that it it falls to me to write it up, which is a difficult thing to do when you are also supposed to be monitoring everything. But. Um, uh, at, at this point, it's mostly just making sure everything is running smoothly, editing the pieces as they come in, and then just kind of paying attention to the news. It's sort of a. Uh, it's it's kind of nice to just be able to because you know, I I write. That's the bulk of what I do is write, and a lot of that is is based on a, a timely thing, and so it's kind of nice to just be able to be like, hey, something happened. You do it. That's fun. <laughs> That's a lot more fun. Now, so uh, this last Comic Con, you didn't go, did you? I did. You did. Okay, so now what, how does that work with you being the weekend editor and Comic-Con usually taking place over the weekend? Well, that that's sort of everybody was there, so we all kind of edited. We mm-hmm. all kind of just took turns doing stuff. Oh, um, that's right. You uh, you had a panel, didn't you? I yeah, I hosted the um, uh, Shout Factory panel, which was a lot of fun. And that and that actually comes back around too. We were talking about Escape from New York that just got that just came out uh, from yes, Shout it Factory. Did. Uh, I haven't picked it up yet. I have the Mad Max one that just came out, though, and that's awful pretty. That's a great one, yeah. Uh, Escape from New York is great. There's a lot of really great um, new interviews with the special effects. You wouldn't expect there to be... I mean, you, you can see them as they go, but they're kind of more subtle special effects, a lot of more you know wide shots and model shots and things like that. And I so assume they use a lot of miniatures. Lots of miniatures. Tons and tons of miniatures. Because they made St. Louis look like New York. They did, yeah. So a lot of the wide shots of New York, like um, Hudson Bay and stuff like that, is it Hudson Bay? It doesn't really matter. But um, we're, uh, we're on we're we're far enough away; it doesn't matter. 
yeah um a lot of wide shots and, and james cameron actually did a lot of the model building and the matte painting for for that which is neat because this was 81 so that would have been before he made right after he worked on um battle beyond the stars and right before i think he made uh terminator per, well piranha 2 first but oh well Let's talk about good movies. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, and actually, and there's a lot of stuff coming out. I don't know what the appeal of it is and I, why I have to always go out and buy them, but there's a lot of steel boxes coming out now. Mm-hmm. And like, not, Ter- I, Terminator 2 is coming out before the end of the month. Um, Chappie. Uh, a lot of people shit on that movie, but I'm going to give it a shot because I like Neil Blomkamp. Um, and then there's um, uh, The True Detective is out in steel box at Target for 35 bucks. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, out of all things. I mean, the packaging is amazing looking. But, yeah. um, and that's a show that I'm really scared for. You know, let's let's reach into your inner critic here. Okay. What do you think the chances of season two being as good as season one? Well, I mean, there's always the lightning in the bottle situation where y- you, you make a thing uh, and you, you hope people uh, attach themselves to it the way that people did with this first season of True Detective and it became like, you know, appointment TV, the way a lot of HBO series seems to have done recently. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so you, the, the thing is you don't want to try to just ape that success. Um, you need to do something different enough, especially if you set up the fact that every season is going to be different. It looks, I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I have no idea if this is going to have a supernatural tint the way the first season did. Right. Um, it looks pretty grungy and I like it and I like, the fact that I like the fact that no matter what happens, these kind of series um, bring in big name Hollywood actors to do you know one season of a TV show and do a great job, um, you know because Harrelson and, and McConaughey really both of them just knocked it out of the park in that first season. So I'm I'm excited to see what you know Vince Vaughn in a in a bad guy role like an actual dramatic bad guy role. I'm very excited to see that. And well, he's kind of playing the bad guy right now after what he when he opened his mouth. But well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actors being stupid is nothing new. That's a new reality show on E. Actors <laughs> being stupid, and actors they never stupid. they never run out of material. No, there's just yeah, always a billion things to talk about this is very very true now uh we talked about it before we went on the uh before we started recording but i wanted to touch briefly on quite possibly the best film of the year i'm All going right. out there i i i've heard some rumors about force awakens and it doesn't really bring up my oh my god i have to see this factor but let's just talk for a moment about pitch perfect 2. no i mean about uh <laughs> about mad max fury road uh, the only p. Uh, it's very rare that I'll see anyone say anything negative about this movie. What do you think the appeal is that it has reached over? It seems to have like hit everyone and it everybody has. who's seen. It. I, I know there's a a woman at my bank, twenty one year old gal, who is. Um, I I just got her to finish Sons of Anarchy, and then I, I keep trying to push her into Breaking Bad. Uh, you know, it doesn't work. But then I kept pushing Mad Max, Mad Max, Mad Max. Just keep pushing the button. Keep pushing the button. And eventually I saw I went to the store today and there she was at the bank. She's like, I went and saw Mad Max. And I was like, oh, what, what, did you like it? And she's like, well, yeah, it was pretty cool. But some of the stuff was a little over the top, like the guitar guy. I'm like, the guitar guy was one of the best things in the movie. <laughs> best things, yeah. You know, the Doof Warrior is awesome. But what do you think? Because they're always trying to chart these things, you know, in, right. in, in, in demos to see how well they think it's going to do. 
And I remember Jeff Katz used to do it over at Geek Week, and I think people got pissed at him for it. But I liked it because it gave me a little insight into the business I was trying to get into. Sure. And then I realized that, uh, you know, I'm just going to try and be Howard Stern. No, I mean, I didn't say that out loud, did I? Shit. Anyway. Um, trademark, trademark. Oh, God damn. Um, he's sending a naked man running over here at me. Um, well, Oof. what do you think about – yeah. What do you think about Mad Max just grabbed everyone? I think it's – it's got a lot to do with George Miller's just like enthusiasm and kind of, you know, he was going to make the movie he wanted to make. They basically just gave him a budget. It's not a huge budget, but they gave him a budget to do pretty much anything he wanted. And and he did. And when you give someone who is that creative, that degree of creative freedom, I think the results are, are going to be something worth talking about. Now, sometimes you get things like that are just kind of either think pieces or just like – um vanity projects that don't work but I, I think George Miller had has the aesthetic has the ability to to direct action in a really interesting way and he kept the story as simple as possible it's literally people driving in a straight line and being chased that's yeah. that's what the story is and and then you have all the stuff that happens around it and you know you never have this... to say spoiler alert in this movie you know yeah <laughs> pretty much it's a, it's unspoilable because the plot just kind of it, it goes along. I mean, like, the big uh, uh, inciting incident at the beginning of the movie is that she turns left. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she's she, going she in one direction. She, beca she becomes a an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, pretty much. She yeah. she chooses the road less traveled, and that is what propels the action. So I think it's, it's a lot of that. I mean, and then you have these very big archetypal characters and these kind of big philosophical ideas that don't get I mean they don't get beaten to death they just are there and you just kind of have to deal with the fact that I mean one of my favorite things is that there are apparently three civilizations or three you know cities there's one that controls water which is our main one yeah, there's the one that can uh, the citadel controls water um, the gas town obviously is gasoline and then bullet bullets farmers yeah. make bullets what those are the three uh, elements or the three, you know, um, <laughs> exports basically bullets, gas, and water. That's all you need in the desert. And that's, and you kind and of hefty women making milk. Yeah. And so, so then you have like this idea of like life in one, um, movement in the other and then death in the third one. So it's, it's the, that's all there is now. And everybody just kind of has to adhere to those three things. You never see anybody eat in this movie. No. It's, it's, they drink or they pour water on themselves. They fill up their cars and they shoot. That's it. And uh, I, I love the simplicity of that. And I love how, it, you know, it's it's all about trying to survive. It's all about trying to just be, you know, have some kind of life that's better than the horrible, awful whatever that's been going. And then you have all this weird spiritualism. It's all just really cool that that he thought of all this, put it in, and then just went. Like he just it all happens around the chase. It doesn't. It doesn't ever stop the chase to kind of just, ex, you know, talk about philosophy and things like that. It just. It's just there, and you can pick up on it if you want to. So, it's safe to say that there's something in this movie for everybody. I feel like there is. I mean, unless there are people who just don't like action movies, which I, there are plenty of people out there, and it is over the top, and it is pretty violent, um, and it is, you know, loud and it's it's abrasive. I had just gotten off of an airplane off of uh, flying back from London. So it was like a 10 and a half hour airplane ride. And all I wanted to do was stay awake long enough so that I could go to sleep and not get jet lagged. That's basically all I wanted to do. And so I went to go see this movie. And uh, for the first few minutes, my brain was like 
fighting off sleep. And then by the end of the movie, I was rege- you know, regenerated and I was just like, this is great. And then I could easily stay up and, uh, go to sleep at a normal hour because it was just, it's just so, um, it, uh, not abrasive is not the right word, but like it just, it pokes you in the eye and it, you know, it just makes you, makes you pay attention to it in a good way. And I love how Max wasn't the main character. No. By any stretch of the imagination. He facilitates the action, but the action is not about him. And and George Miller kind of went back to the old school about um, letting people use their imaginations. And the, the, the case in point, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. um, when uh, they shoot out the lights of the uh, um, the uh, the leader of the gun, uh, the gun town. Uh, you know, I'm the ju- you know, I am the justice, blah, 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 because yep. you know, he's blind mm-hmm. and everything. And then you just see Max walk off into the dark. Yep. And then you hear a bunch of shit. And then he comes back with all their guns and all their weapons. And he's covered in blood. And the woman's like, oh, my God, are you hurt? And then Charlize Theron just looks over and is like, that's not his blood. Yeah. And it was, you didn't have to see it to know it had to have been something so fucking amazing. Your brain does the rest of the work for you. Yep. And that's about the most action that Max does in the entire movie. Yeah, pretty much. He drives, he shoots a couple things, and he, or you know, he's strapped to the front of that car. And yeah, it, it makes him a much more mythological figure because you don't need to see him go kill all those guys. All he does is walk back. He has everything he needs. He's covered in other people's blood, and he's fine. Yeah. So you get the idea, yeah, he is not somebody to mess with, and um, and you don't need to see it. He is just, he's just kind of, he's the man with no name. Like, in all of these Mad Max movies, with the exception of the first one, which is really obviously about Mad Max, right? All the other ones, Road Warrior, Beyond Thunderdome, and this one, it's he's just kind of a guy in this world. He comes in, he does a good thing, and then he leaves. He becomes or, a hero, and he doesn't doesn't set out to be one. Right. That's that's yeah. the main way to put it. I think, and that's a that's where Road Warrior and Fury Road really mimic each other the most. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and now, are you a fan? You're a fan of uh, the Road Warrior. Oh, yeah, the Road Warrior is great. Now, let me see if you knew this. Here's a little tidbit of uh, of knowledge, a little trivia. Maybe you knew, maybe you didn't. Lord Humongous was originally supposed to be Goose. I heard about that, yeah. Blew my fucking mind. Yeah, that would have been crazy. First of all, because that guy who played Goose was not Humongous. Yeah. (laughs) But but size-wise. The back of the the head, kind of the way things happen there. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know. And plus you think he would have saw Max and he would have recognized him. Yeah. Unless he's that fucking far gone. That's possible. I mean, once you become the Ayatollah of rock and roll, uh, I mean, there's really no way to, to, to come back from that. I think so. This is true. And I've also noticed that, uh, you notice when Max says his name for the first time in Fury Road, it's Mm -hmm. almost like he, um, like he's saying it for the first time ever. And I think that that might have to do with the fact that if you notice in the in the preamble when he's running doing the, the narration, and he says, "You know, the only thing left is to survive," and I wonder if his character has devol- de-evolved so much that it's just like, you know, grunts and 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 things like that. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Sense? Yeah, he's he's not Max yet, or or he'd forgotten how to be Max. So then by the end he's Max again. Um. I, I think that's an interesting idea. I also heard the thing, which is interesting, but I don't know if I buy it, which is that the Tom Hardy Mad Max is actually the feral kid from the Road Warrior, which I think I don't really like all that much. I don't I don't like that. 
I like uh, no, I don't like that kid. He annoyed the piss out of me. Yeah, Max also, had to give up his music box. Movie. Exactly, he, he yeah. he's like supposed to be the head of the North, or you know, and he's supposed to be old and dying. And you ever, that's another thing that I noticed is the um, is uh, Thunderdome and Road Warrior always seem to kind of have a happy ending for everybody but Max. Yeah, and that that sucks. I think that sucks. I think he earned a day off. <laughs> Maybe uh, you know, and 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 things like that, and and I and I remember George Miller saying that uh, you can't really put these in chronological order because every right. every movie is, with the exception of the first one, uh, it's kind of like a western, and that's yep. why he has the interceptor in this one, even though it blew up back in Road Warrior. Yeah, it, it like restarts every single time. I mean, that's why I think the the comparison to him being the the man with no name is a good one because. In a fistful of dollars, he comes in, he, he gets all this money, and he leaves the town. In the next movie, for a few dollars more, he's a bounty hunter now, which he wasn't before. And he's on the trail for more money. It's it's like, and then in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, it actually is like before, because he, throughout that movie, picks up the little pieces of his costume until the end. So at the end of all of these, he's super rich. He shouldn't have to do any more gunfighting. And yet, in the next movie, he's doing it again. So I, I feel like it's just kind of... You, you can't put them in chronological order, and they're just kind of, here's a character, a stock character, if you will, in this mm. world having an adventure. Because, I mean, Beyond Thunderdome, it doesn't really feel like a Mad Max movie, really, until the end of the movie when there's the chase. Yeah. And it's just kind of a post-apocalyptic, weird kids movie, kind of, for a right. while. Well, that's like the, the thing is in the very first Max, uh, you know, it's obvious that civilization has de-evolved, has, has crumbled. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are just kind of going through the paces. To try and yeah. keep it going, and then you get to Road Warrior, and everything's just falling to shit. Now it makes me wonder, though, where the hell is the uh, rest of the main force patrol? Because they were all still alive, except with the exception of Goose, at the end of the movie. Yeah, I f- I think, um, well, the, definitely Beyond Thunderdome and Fury Road. It feels like after a nuclear annihilation. Oh yeah. But Road Warrior could conceivably be just after the collapse of civilization. So it isn't quite nuclear yet. Um, but, who? I mean, who can say? It's just that it, those three, it just seems like it's all lawlessness. Yeah. And he's, he's not even the law. Like, in Mad Max, he is a cop who's been pushed too far. And in all the other ones, he's just a drifter trying to make his way in the world. Yeah. And it's they're all just I mean even even Thunderdome for all of its faults is still uh, a, not a bad movie. No, I still like it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it earned at eighty two percent at Rotten Tomatoes. That's an eighty two on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it has an eighty two. I was very shocked it was that high, and I'm very curious while we're here to see if Fury Road still has a ninety eight percent rating. Hmm. Good which, question. Which blew my fucking mind. Yeah, I wish. I mean. More people um, yep. went to go see it. it. It did great. I mean, it did well. It did fine. And overseas, it's done very well, too. So, But it never went to number one. And um, But the critics all just loved it. And um, so hopefully, I mean, I know they're going to make some more. And Tom Hardy's already said he would do three more, I think. Why well, are the next ones uh, supposed to be heavy on Furiosa? Like That'd be cool. Wasn't. I'd be into that. Well, here's the thing. is I'm looking at the top box office right now, and it makes me kind of sick. Uh, Pitch Perfect two st- in at number two. Okay. Uh, Tomorrowland's number three. Max is number four. So Max is still there, in the top five. So that's got to be like word of mouth. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, it's stuck around 
longer than most of them have. Well, Age of Ultron is number five, and I, I don't know, something about that movie didn't sit right with me, I guess. You know, I went and saw it, and I liked it okay, and I was like, I'm going to go see that again at some point. And then I saw Mad Max, and I was like, well, screw that. I'm going to go see Mad Max again. And then I saw it a second time, and I was like, I might never see Age of Ultron again. Like, I, <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't care about this movie at all. And I think that Max has made enough for it to warrant a sequel. I agree. I think so. Well, and you can't have a movie that's been this prevalent in culture. I mean, even if it's just internet culture, that kind of is culture at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, and then just to not have a, I mean, to, to not make another one would be silly, I think. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, let's see here. Yeah, and the, and the, 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 <laughs> the sequel already has a, a name. What is that? Uh, Mad Max The Wasteland. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, that's a, can't wait. That's a bunch of, yeah, oh boy. Just what, I, just what we need to see. Shit, you know, cause, and that's the thing, it's the first Mad Max really, and, and the, road, well, the Road Warrior with the whole gasoline, it's like, oh, well, we're kind of getting in that predicament coming up here soon. Yeah. So does that mean that I have to go out and buy a 1973 Ford uh, Falcon XB Coupe with a V8 engine? I think you should anyway. I, you're damn right I should. So I'd like to publicly announce right now that I'm starting a GoFundMe campaign for me to buy a 1973 Ford Falcon XB Coupe with a V8 engine. Okay. Yes, there you go. Uh, Kyle, It's as always, it's been a pleasure. Head over to Nerdist.com, watch awesomely bad movies. Uh, yes, please. It's a, it's a fun show, and it, and it doesn't take up much of your time like a lot of things do. No, it's, it's three, four minutes. That's you got plenty of time for that, and it's some yucks at the expense of some movies that uh, were made for a lot more money than they should have been. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I'll give you, I'll give you guys a spoiler for next, not spoiler, but a tease for next week. Our next episode is an old '70s movie that was made by the same guys who did, uh, or the production team who did Jaws, but it was right before Jaws. It is about uh, snakes, and it's called. Oh, I can't wait to find out the title of this movie. That's it. (laughs) I I told you the title. (laughs) (laughs) Seven S's in a row is the name of this movie. No, you poor, poor bastard! You have how 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 long do you have to watch these? How many times do you have to watch these movies? Um, twice usually. I watch one once, once all the way through, and then uh, I go through and kind of mark time code the second watch is a while because i have to sit and pause and mark time code and joke and blah 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 and then cut it down too because again it's only three minutes long so the jokes <laughs> if i get bored in the middle of, of watching the movie a second time it can be like well not going to talk about this section skip <laughs> nice nice so i like to, again i'd like to thank kyle for being on the weekend editor over at nerdist so if anything comes up on the weekend at nerdist that you don't like it's his fault it's all my fault. It's all his fault. And tell my bosses that. Because Hardwick has nothing to do with the site anymore. Am you I right? that from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's too busy hosting at midnight. Yeah. He's so tired during the day. Yeah, see, he doesn't, he, he's got other people to do his work for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big millionaire now. But anyway, I won't hate on your boss. Appreciate uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so follow him on Twitter, at FunctionalNerd. Yes, please. Which is because uh, he could use all the follows he can get. Because that's right. I don't know how many other people DM, DM him constantly, but I know I do. But that's just me. <laughs> but yes. But anyway, so uh, thank you so much for being on uh, the program again. We'll, you're always welcome back, sir, whenever you have something to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll have you back on for Star Wars. We'll talk about that. Oh, yes. That's going oh, yes. uh, well, to be one hell of a humdinger. I concur. That's right. So, all right. Well, thank you again, Kyle, for being on, and we'll be back after this.
For you, the listeners of the Ron Perti Show, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I recommend Pedal Your Own Canoe by Nick Offerman, read by Nick Offerman. It's just amazing to hear him uh, read the book and add little things here and there. It's just fantastic. And there's just Amy Poehler's got one, Tina Fey. If you're a fan of comedy, a fan of autobiographies, definitely definitely some stuff to check out. Uh, so head over to download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Ron Show. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash Ron Show for your free audiobook. Hey guys, this is Felissa Rose. I'm Angela Baker from Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to The Ron Pertie Show. Welcome back to the program. You know better than anybody, if you listen to this show on a regular basis, that I love to showcase bands that uh, I'm, I'm a fan of. And uh, the Milwaukee scene is kind of doing its thing again. It's, it's starting to kick ass. I was just at... Uh, the Cactus Club uh, a week or so ago, and I saw Sebado there, and I got to hang out with a bunch of cool people from a bunch of cool bands, uh, none cooler than, at this point, uh, Body Futures. And uh, we're going to play a song from them right now, uh, leading us out. But before we do that, I'd like to thank again Jason Stevens, Jason Voices, jasonsvoices.com, and Matt Vollmer. Clean Lines Music on the Facebook, and I go to iTunes and buy the record and everything. Um, we're going to leave you today... Uh, with uh, with some music from Body Futures, uh, the name of the song, it, it's it's one of those long ones, but it's awesome. Um, it's called "That's a Big Smile for Someone Who's About to Drown." So here's Body Futures on the Ron Perti Show, and we will see you next week. Bye bye.
Follow Ron on Twitter at Ron Pertee. Like the show on Facebook at The Ron Pertee Show. And don't forget to rate and review positively on iTunes to help the exposure of the show. 